Hello, my name is Mike McAllister. I'm the editor-in-chief here at FreightWaves. I'd like to welcome you today for the eight-day global supply chain week. Today, the focus is on automotive supply chain, which, like everything else, uh, has seen significant disruptions throughout the entire network due to the COVID-19 pandemic. For this fireside chat, I'd like to welcome in Jamie Wilson, the Vice President of Strategy, Marketing, and Corporate Communications for Gentherm. Jamie has been with the company since 2013 and most recently served as Vice President and General Manager of Gentherm's medical business before moving into her current role. Uh, Jamie graduated from the University of Michigan with a Bachelor Science degree in Mechanical Engineering and then earned her MBA from Eastern Michigan University. So that makes her both a Wolverine and an Eagle. Welcome to the chat, Jamie. Hi, Mike. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Uh, before we get into the uh, heart of the discussion, why don't you give us a brief background of Gentherm and highlight some of the company's biggest uh, success stories? Sure. Thanks, Mike, for asking. So I'm excited to talk about uh, the changes in the automotive industry and, and excited to talk about Gentherm. Um, to give you a little bit of background on Gentherm, uh, we're the global leader in thermal technology solutions. Um, we have a team of approximately about 11,000 employees globally in multiple locations, and we are traded on the NASDAQ as a public company. Our products are mainly uh, targeted towards the automotive industry. Um, you may be most familiar with some of the creature comfort products in your vehicle, such as a heated and cooled seat, a heated steering wheel, um, and, and we have neck warmers that are fabulously comfortable. Um, and this is where our main business is coming from. However, we also have other business lines that are just as interesting. Uh, we have our battery performance solutions business, and these are technologies that are really focused toward the electrification of vehicles. So we have battery thermal management solutions. Um, we also have built strong software and electronics capabilities to support our internal businesses, but also are showing to have fantastic solutions um, and problem-solving value props for our customers. Um, a key differentiator, and maybe a surprise to you, Mike, is that we also have a medical division. So we have a growing medical business of patient thermal management products. Um, and, and these products you would see used in the OR during surgery to keep a patient's temperature uh, normalized, as well as in an ICU setting, an intensive care unit setting. Um, and this really provides a unique uh, position for Gentherm in a market um, between automotive and medical, very focused um, on the human being. And talking about that human-centric approach, the future of Gentherm we see as in the rethinking completely the way that the climate is managed in an EV, in an electric vehicle. We're currently implementing what we believe is a revolutionary solution, um, which is a microclimate in the vehicle. So a microclimate would be just managing the climate system very individual to the occupant and the occupant's preferences. And what that allows is a more efficient use of um, the, the vehicle HVAC system. And this is gonna have an impact on energy consumption and increased range for the end consumer. That's fantastic, Jamie, thanks. Uh, so for this chat, uh, the topic is how electrification will radically change the automotive supply chain. It's a fascinating topic, especially considering 
all the pledges that the various car manufacturers are making. You know, less than a month ago, GM pledged to, be, to become completely carbon neutral by 2035. Uh, meanwhile, Ford announced its plans to invest $29 billion toward electric and autonomous vehicles through 2025. Uh, the, tailpipe, the tailpipe, it seems, uh, will eventually be obsolete. Um, from a consumer standpoint, the sale of plug-in new passenger cars achieved 4.2% of the global market share in 2020. That's up from 2.5% in 2019. Uh, but obviously the numbers are, are growing fast. Uh, in the UK, 13.7% uh, of all new cars purchased in January had a plug. In Germany, it was 21.7%. And I remember the last time I purchased a car, which was about 27 month, months ago, I concluded that it would be the last time I bought a car powered by gas engine. Uh, certainly, the role of suppliers already, already seems to be changing, too. Uh, from GenTherm's perspective, what are the top priorities moving forward, uh, especially in regards to the changing evolution in the role of suppliers as the market shifts towards electric and autonomous vehicles? Yeah, that's a great question, Mike. Let me first talk about what the shifts we see in the automotive industry, and, and then I think there's even another layer about the shifts that are happening in in the industry um, and the value chain. So first, when you think about the focus of the supply chain and the development of vehicles, it, it was previously focused on the, the drivetrain, performance of the vehicle, power, right? You can maybe think about those muscle cars, right? And you know, when, when I go back and, and I think about the commercials that I watched or talked about cars when I, when I entered into the industry, um, few decades ago, um, you know, th that was a lot of the conversation. And over recent years, it's shifted, right? And, and granted, all of those things are very important, but the conversations now with our customers are really about the customer experience, the consumer experience, right? And, and the demands for what they're looking for in a vehicle are less about um, feeling the power and gas mileage but it's more about how are they spending their time in the vehicle, right? Is it enhancing their everyday life? You know, so the topics that, you know, we see the shift is going in is comfort, convenience, health, wellness. Um, and so when we look at our, our legacy business, those heated seats and, and um, cooled seats and the heated steering wheel, that's perfectly positioned to bring the next level of solutions to the vehicle. Um, you know, in order to serve the, the shift of focus. Um, what's interesting, though, is those are all nice. And that's what we love to talk about. And that's what I talk about with, you know, with my friends and colleagues when I, I share with them what we do as a business. Um, but what's really interesting for the automotive uh, customers is that range and energy efficiency is really a barrier to get the electrification adoption moving faster. The penetration of these vehicles, to, you know, there's there's problems to solve there, and uniquely, these products help solve those problems. We actually help the energy consumption of the vehicle even as they stand today, um, and then you know we're designing our climate sense system to to help do that even further in the future. So you know, I think that's. Um, the shift there is is really dynamic. Um, additionally, with the electrification of vehicles, um, the OEMs are facing new challenges, and um, the architectures are different, and the battery manufacturers 
you know, are constantly changing and it's very dynamic of, of how they're um, developing their systems. And, and it seems like, you know, every turn and every change that they're making in either the architecture or in the battery, it's moving so fast. There's always an opportunity for the supply base, traditional and non-traditional, to bring solutions to the table. And it's because of those challenges and that fast-paced movement of both the OEM architectures as well as the battery manufacturers, the conversations have been so dynamic that we've had to bust out of more of the traditional ways of working together that we did in the past. Well, right. that's, uh, that's a great segue to my next question because I wanted to talk to you about silos. Uh, why do you think they work in the production of internal combustion engines, but not necessarily with electric and autonomous vehicles? Well, I, I think that the silos work because that's the way the work was done in the past with the players that were at, at the party, call it. And so when we look at the industry landscape, it's been evolving pretty rapidly. So the traditional OEMs and our traditional customers, they're seeing new competition as well as business collaborators, right, uh, from non-traditional industries. So think about the stories that you read in the news about Google or Uber, right? You know, these are non-traditional companies. Um, and so this is driving a complete automotive ecosystem redesign. And so what we're seeing is the traditional value chain of the tier three to the tier two to the tier one to the OEM, it, it's it's completely being disrupted. So a couple of ways that we're observing that and actually participating in that is across the tiers, it no longer is that straight line. The tier companies are collaborating and working together. In, uh, Gentherm, for example, we have a collaboration uh, partnership with Lear Seating, right? Who would be traditionally in that our tier one customer, right, to the OEM. Um, but because we saw the opportunity to work together to bring uh, very unique solutions to the market, you know, now we have this strong collaboration. So that, that's one example. Um, we not only see a lot of this cross, um, cross-tier or cross-value chain collaboration, but we're also seeing a lot of cross-industry collaboration. So when you think about industries that are playing, you know, in the automotive space very successfully, you know, we have the... Um, the software um, and the IT companies, um, consumer electronics companies um, that traditionally were not working in the automotive industry but are playing a major part now. And so one of the other industries that's cross-collaborating with automotive that we see very often is the medical industry, right? We talked about that health and wellness piece. And so I mentioned earlier we have a medical business. And so that's really an interesting and a fun uh, way that we're participating in this new norm in the automotive industry is bringing this medical expertise into our offerings in the, the medical space through human thermophysiology, understanding biologically, you know, what are the indicators for that human-centric comfort um, and convenience that we can provide uh, intelligently into the automotive space. I, I would think the... Uh... Having a medical background that you have uh, with working previously as a medical officer, and then obviously GenTherm's interest in medicine, that, that would help set GenTherm apart from uh, a lot of the companies involved. I mean, I can't imagine that a lot of companies have that kind of medical uh, side to them. Yeah, Mike, it's, it's a differentiator for us. Um, 
we are, we see lots of synergies across the automotive space and the medical space, especially when we're talking about a human-centric approach to thermal management in the vehicle. Um, and, and in the medical space, you know, think about the scale that automotive has and the speed of the technology development. Um, it really is a symbiotic relationship between those two industries for GenTherm. And we find that our customers in both of the industries are as excited as we are about how these uh, cross-industry collaboration um, activities are really bringing value to both of the markets. Uh, well, I, let's talk about the climate sense system that GenTherm has. Uh, it seems to embody the spirit of breaking down the silos as well as obviously comfort to the, uh, to the driver and the passengers. Uh, uses an algorithm that links, balances, and fine-tunes all the critical healing and cooling elements together. That's obviously breaking down silos and working as a collaborative uh, effort. Uh, Jamie, why don't you please take us through how the climate system, sense system works and how it really adheres to the spirit of the industry synergy that's moving forward. Oh, Micah, if, if I could show you a vehicle or a demonstration, that would be the best way to do it because it really is all about the experience, right? And and so when we focus with that, you know, imagine, um, you know, working out in, in the gym, right? Or, or in your home gym and having to get in the car in a hot day in Florida where you are and, and knowing that, you know, it's a sunny day and your car knows it's a sunny day, your car knows that you've just worked out and intuitively through the algorithm, um, it knows your preferences, you know, it, it knows biologically some of the um, very intrinsic data points about how your body manages temperature. And so with all of that intelligence, you'll get into a vehicle and you will have the experience enhanced by exactly what you need personally of who you are and what your demographics are, what your personal preferences are, what the environment is, and your, your seat and additional effectors in the car will adjust to your preferences. So you get into the car and it's, it's ready and you have this nice sense of relief and you'll have a pleasant drive. Um, or if you have a sore back, right? Like, you know, as I get my years, I might, you know, maybe the option that you choose is a therapy, right? To have that nice heat on your back. And so when you talk about the intelligence, very personalized and specific and, and threading in that health and wellness piece, you know, it can be hugely impactful. Now, let me layer on another one. It's an electric vehicle, Mike, that you're driving. And so you've got a, a drive, you got to drive uh, maybe not even across town, but you know, you've, you've got to go across the state line or maybe you're going all the way down to the Keys and you, know, you, you want to continue that comfort. Well, no worries because the approach of the climate sense system is smart and so it'll downgrade the HVAC system so that the energy consumption of your vehicle is optimized with your comfort. And that way you can have some really strong confidence that your, your range will be what you expect it to be without any compromise to your comfort. So, you know, there, there's lots of elements here uh, that are in play. You mentioned the algorithm. Um, you know, we, we have all of already the, the technologies that we currently have in the car, and we're taking that to the next level. Um, software um, that help with the personalization, digitalization. Um, but let's talk about sustainability, right? All of this electrification and, you know, the, the CO2 um, impact is also reduced. Um, so it, it really is a comprehensively 
feel good system, feel good for your body, feel good about the event of driving and feel good about supporting sustainability efforts for our communities. Uh, one thing you did mention too, and you, you've, you've uh, mentioned the word several times is a collaborative effort. And I'm just curious, you know, if you're not, if companies aren't collaborating moving forward, then they, you know, then they're losing out. I, I would, I would think, is that how you see it? Absolutely. So, you know, there's, there's fun ways to talk about that. Right. And, and you can talk about collaboration. Um, we, we talk about the word coopetition, right. Um, cooperating with previously what you would maybe deem to be, you know, your competitor, um, at the speed of which the industry is moving and the traditional skill sets that we've had and how quickly we have to build new skill sets and, and even thinking outside of the traditional competitor space, you know, we talked about those cross industry value propositions that, you know, we have to pay attention to in the market. Um, I think for the betterment of the industry as a whole, this cooperation, if you will, cross industry, cross value chain collaboration is going to be a win-win for everybody. Because when we talk about the end goal in mind, it's really to serve all of the needs um, and demands of, of the consumer. And, and they're asking for all of these um, fantastic elements in a car, as well as wanting to accelerate the electrification of our automotive industry. Well, uh, it's been a great discussion, Jamie. I, I appreciate it so much. I wanted to give you an opportunity if there was anything else you'd like to add about, you know, what Gem Firm is doing or just a, a, an overall view of where you see the future heading. No, Mike, thank you. It's It's been fun talking with, with you as well. Um, you know, I, I think we've really talked uh, excitingly about how GenTherm is, is well-placed um, to really take advantage of where the industry is going. Um, you know, we're excited to play a part in it. We're excited to help our customers and potentially our co-operators, uh, our co-opetition, um, solve problems that, you know, we're all facing in the industries with, you know, our unique experiences um, and our strengths and allowing our teams to continue to bring value uh, to the market. So thank you, Mike. It was really great to speak with you today. Oh, I appreciate it. And uh, I will tell you next time I get into my car and uh, I turn the heating element on, I will be thinking of GenTherm, although it doesn't happen all that often in Florida, I have to say. So <laughs> but, it, feels uh, but it, it feels great on a sore back, Mike. It does, right. So, but no, it's been great. Uh, you guys are doing great things and appreciate uh, so much you taking the time to chat with us. Oh, it's been a pleasure. We're sure having a lot of fun. Okay. All the best to you and your team. Thanks, Mike.